Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here recording on a Sunday. You are listening on a Monday. It is a glorious weekend here in my household as my dog is being very dramatic this morning. So hopefully she doesn't start barking on the podcast. But uh, we're, well, about an hour away from NFL action kicking off here today. Yesterday, we saw Joe Burrow get it done. We saw Josh Allen get it done for the Bills. I was a a fruitful person in terms of uh, my sports book. So, Scott, NFL playoffs. You watching? Who are you rooting for? I haven't watched much yet. Yesterday was uh, a busy day, uh, I guess, two days ago now. This will come out on Monday. Um, I'm going to watch some today, Sunday, Eagles, Bucks, Niners, Cowboys, Go Steelers, Birds. Chiefs, all good teams. I'm really excited for tomorrow night. Cardinals and Rams. You've got the Stafford in the playoffs, his first game with the Rams in the playoffs. Cardinals, who are generally a fun team to watch. I think that's going to be great. Division teams going head to head in the wild card weekend. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not college football, but it's uh, it's football. It keeps the juices flowing, and uh, yeah, I'll be watching a little bit. Have I, I usually made, watch a lot more later in the playoffs. For have you made reasons. any Super Bowl picks? If not, this is your time. Public Super Bowl pick. All right, I haven't even thought about this. If and you, I don't okay, really so, care, so, so I'll go with mine. If you want, give us. It well, because... wait, don't don't tarnish my thought process <laughs> here. Let me get get a so, clean slate again. At time of recording, we've had the Bengals win and the Bills win. We haven't yeah. seen Sunday's action. Uh, I'll give my Super Bowl pick and then my one kind of dark horse. So it's not my Super Bowl pick per se, but there's a path for the Bengals, and I love watching Joe Burrow. Have you seen the stat that of Joe Burrow in, you know, quote unquote, must have it games or whatever they. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's now like eight games where he's 8-0, averaging like 430 yards and four touchdowns with no picks. It's ridiculous. This guy is just an absolute baller. Um, So that's my like fun kind of dark horse, but realistic chance to win it. But it pains me to say it, but I I just, I feel like this is a Packers year. So I'm, I'm going with the Packers if I'm putting money on a Super Bowl winner. Ew. 
dreadful. I know. know. It's just, it feels like they've been knocking on the door and this is the year they kind of push through it. So I was just looking at the week, the games this week and, and uh, realize, and I was trying to pick from those teams. Cause again, I have not done this thought process at all yet. Um, and I forgot about the, the buy teams. Mm-hmm. So you've got the Titans and the, the Titans uh, Packers. and the Packers. Okay. Titans might be getting Derrick Henry back, which is interesting. So uh, in the NFC, I like, the Packers in the Rams probably in the NFC championship. If their paths, I don't know if that can happen with seeding, but I'll go with the Rams because go Stafford. I want to see him do well after all the years of toiling, he put it in Detroit. Um, I, on the AFC side, I may be kind of blinded by the fact that I just watched the bills last blinded night and it's the only the playoff lights. football I've watched. Uh, I'm just going to go with the bills because they exercised some serious Dude. demons last <laughs> night and that I think is going to give them a tremendous amount of momentum. And Josh Allen is going to be a Hall of Famer if he continues to play like this for a few more years. Unbelievable plays. I was listening to this, uh, like an NFL podcast. It was like, you know, oh, he might not have this performance every game and, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, every play, he's going to be six foot five, 245 pounds with a rocket arm. Like you're not going to change that. And decent legs for he's NFL so QBs. Fun to watch, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he just uh, watching the Patriots go down. I mean, it, it's like, imagine, you know, you know, a world in college football, watching that happen to Alabama by, I guess Georgia kind of just, well, did I was going to say it was kind yeah. of Georgia beating Alabama. Yeah. Like, they were exercising their demons. So look, 2022 off to a heck of a start in the football world. It really is. I mean, Georgia won a national title for the first time in 40 some years and they did it. And with a great defense and running game. And, you know, so for all of the old school football fans who are still preaching defense field position, run the damn ball, control the clock. You just won a national title. Congratulations. And uh, yeah, it's, we're off to a hell of a start here. The Bengals won a playoff game. Like crazy things are happening this year. Lions Super Bowl next year. <laughs> That's the next step. Now we are official as Detroit Lions fans. We are officially the franchise with the longest playoff victory uh, drought with the Bengals winning. I think the Lions is from 91. So consider me and Scott in the group that have gone our entire lives without seeing the lions win a playoff game. So I, I was talking to my dad, uh, who's a big lions fan. Um, yesterday, one of the last few days, we were talking about football, talking about the lions. And, you know, I, I was talking to him about how I feel like I've finally reached like older worn down lions fan status of like oh, he was like trying to chat yeah. with me about it i'm like honestly i don't really have any good things to say until they show me something uh i'll watch the beginning of next was that season like until the big things father, look bad. Son moment like i'm so proud of you <laughs> yeah well because he's been that you know cynical lions fan for the last you know 30 years 40 years and finally i'm following in his footsteps like i get it now it's not worth spending any emotional energy on until they show something other than what they've shown I think the last 
30 years. I think that is like a big proud father son moment in the Detroit sports, you know, kingdom, you know, of, of like Michigan people of like when the father finally realizes that the son has given up hope on the lions. It's like, you know, it's like graduating from college or something. It's, it's a great I'm so coming proud of, of you, son, you know, you're becoming a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the battles we choose. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but NFL games continue, Kevin. You got a little something yeah, for them. There are other fan bases out there who are happy and, and have playoff teams to cheer for. And if you uh, are a Lions fan and you're just watching as a casual observer, as we are every year around this time, uh, you can get on some action with DraftKings, the unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL. And as you're listening, there is still a wild card game. So there's still time to get in on this. Uh, counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wild card team to win their game. Bet just $5, win $280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If the sports book isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wild card weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings giving away all new customers free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we are a proud member. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. Promo code TPPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. That's always a mouthful, but we got it out. Uh, Scott, plenty of news in the program since we have last recorded. And just as a kind of note, um, we said we would announce it when it happened. It happened in a sort of unexpected fashion we we each had some scheduling conflicts this week so starting from now until spring practice will be once a week so once spring ball kicks up we'll go back to twice a week because there will be a lot more news and and things to talk about but from now until then it will be once a week dropping every monday you can listen on tuesday wednesday thursday but uh it will be just one podcast per week but with that out of the way scott plenty of stuff to talk about where do we want to go first well we were just talking about the nfl and we have brought some nfl energy into the program i'd say with the recent hire so the hire of brandon jordan uh who is going to be our pass rush specialist interestingly this is an on-field coaching position coaching role so we obviously didn't have a pass rush specialist last season. So you might be wondering where that spot came from. Traveris Tillman left the program. He was the cornerbacks coach. Sounds like now um, Harlan Barnett will be the secondary coach for all positions, all safeties, corners. And we've added that kind of extra sub uh, coaching position to the offense or the defensive line. So you'll have Brandon Jordan, coaching basically the defensive ends they might call him a pass rush specialist but it sounds like ron burton will be focusing a lot more uh on the defensive tackles rather than the full line personally i think this is phenomenal i think you can tell by the defensive tackles that ron burton has created over the last 10 years that's a probably his stronger position and 
this Brandon Jordan dude, Kevin, I know you've looked up his resume. Wow. It's, it's insane. I mean, he has, if you go to his, it's uh, on his profile, it's his pinned tweet. And you could just read through the names of active roster NFL players, 195 players. And we're talking about future hall of famers. I mean, Vaughn Miller, Chandler Jones, uh, even at wide receiver, DK Metcalf, uh, Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans. I mean, just scrolling through, he's got basically every team covered. He's got pro bowlers. He has got first round picks. He's got future hall of famers. It's a really impressive list included in there is uh, one of Michigan state's own William Golston. So uh, interested to see if they end up, you know, pairing up on anything down the line here, but no, it's, it's an incredibly, incredibly impressive resume. And on top of the NFL stuff, um, it, which somebody Noah Sprunger uh, from rivals, he posted this tweet, he crunched some numbers and uh, of the current NFL roster that he has, they, these guys combined for over 4,400 tackles, 400 sacks, six pro bowl spots, and 80 playoff roster spots. So just this season, just this season. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. And on top of all of that, because of his position and his, him being kind of a private guy who works with high school recruits, who works with college recruits, he has already built relationships and worked with guys in the 2023 class, the 2024 class, and just 2023, he has relationships, which Michigan State now has relationships, with five players currently raked in the 24-7 composite top 100 and nine players in the top 200, and a guy at 209, so right on the border of it. I mean, we're talking blue-chip players that he already has built relationships, has already worked with. So there's a chance that the you know this hire pays dividends right away in this, this coming recruiting class, you know, I'm not saying we're going to get all five of these top 100 guys, but I mean, shoot, there's a pretty good chance of getting one of them, getting maybe two of them. Right. And so, you know, Mel Tucker always with an eye on the recruiting side of things. This is a massive hire from that side of it. And you mentioned him and Ron Burton together. There's going to be some pretty good defensive lines here in Michigan state. Yeah. You mentioned the, um, relationships that Michigan state now has because of this hire just a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how we thought edge rushers defensive ends were one of the thinnest positions on this team and in our recruiting pipeline right now. And you need an edge rush in today's football to pressure the quarterback. It's one of the reasons we struggled so much against the pass at times last season when our defensive ends couldn't get pressure. And even those defensive ends are all gone now. So we were, I wouldn't say in crisis mode, but not too far from it on the pass rush side as a program, this, we need to see some things fall into place, but kind of completely flips this on its head. Don't overlook the fact that there may be defensive end transfers in the portal that see, Oh, Brandon Jordan's at Michigan state. Now I know that guy, I want to go play for him. I mean, it could, it could happen. We could see these dividends potentially this coming season. Um, and all that's to say he's a great defensive end coach who's going to be working with our guys now too. So it's not just the guys that might come in. He, we've got 
that much more firepower to coach these guys up. I think it's a perfect hire. I think it's a great chess move. Instead of just trying to find defensive end talent, go out and find a guy who can create defensive end talent. Yeah. And it's, I mean, Mel Tucker said it himself in his tweet, you know, confirming it. It was just, this is a, this is a pretty innovative hire. I mean, Brandon Jordan was a guy who basically had his own private business, you know, working and training NFL prospects, college, like this wasn't a guy to my knowledge that, you know, many college teams were reaching out to from coaching positions because they just thought, well, this guy has this job and, you know, he wouldn't be interested in coaching. So whether, you know, that's true or not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's thinking outside the box. It's finding ways to look at, go back to Courtney Hawkins, who we talked about recently, you plucked a guy from high school. I mean, Mel Tucker's thinking about different ways to progress the program and going to different places, going to different, you know, backgrounds, different resumes and trying to build the best staff that he can in his image. And it's, it's really fascinating to see how he's putting this all together. We were just texting me, you and TJ about this earlier. Like I would love to be, a fly on the wall in some of the staff meetings with Mel Tucker, just to see, cause we get very good glimpses into the process, into the vision, just based on the moves that are made based on the hires, based on the recruiting, the guys we're bringing in. But I would love to be a fly on the wall and see like how much detail is going into this because you can see, I mean, like TJ was bringing it up with uh, what's Amber Reinstein, the the head dietitian. Like, there's just all of these things that you know, from our perspective, we see like, wow, that's you know, a really innovative move, something that you know is really progressing this program. But when what I would love to see and hear is how these visions are being put in place and how everything is connected and how. You know, nothing is just happening by happenstance. It's it's all with a purpose behind it. And and man, I would love to sit in on those. Yeah, it's fun to see everything come together. I mean, I was looking at uh, some of these moves that are being made or just the things that are being shared and trying to imagine it under Coach D'Antonio. Uh, nothing against Coach D'Antonio. He's just an easy measuring stick of an old school coach that everyone's familiar with. Um, and some of this stuff just feels so foreign, like the idea of a D'Antonio program embracing some of these things. And just the fact that we don't, re- <laughs> we were texting about whether we don't know if Michigan State had a head football dietitian under D'Antonio or not we were saying kind of, we didn't think so, but the fact that we don't know, or the fact that we don't think so just shows how far we've come in, not only adding a program like that, but communicating it because the things that we're seeing a lot of times on social media and stuff, you know, that's a lot of recruits exposure to us, especially early in the process. So it's great to see, you can tell every move he makes recruiting is the first consideration that he makes with it. How can I use this opportunity to create momentum in, on, in the recruiting landscape? Yeah. And we see it pay off all the time. And from the top down, like you bring up social media. I mean, the example that, that TJ was texting us about was like Amber Reinstein specifically quote tweeting, welcoming in the new coaches. Like I, I I don't want to say like from her end that, you know, oh, she wouldn't have done this without Mel Tucker telling her to or something, you know what I mean? But like, there does seem to be a very clear 
vision of like, okay, when we hire somebody, I want everybody on this. I want all of you tweeting. I want all of you posting graphics. I want all of you doing this. When we get a new recruit, everybody's posting this GIF. Everybody's posting, like, it's just, it It seems very purposeful. You know, like the, there isn't just something that, ah, well, you know, if you guys have time, you know, I would love to to get more engagement on social media. It's no, you guys are expected to do this, this, this every day. Like, I would just love to see how it's all set up in the background, you know, with, with just how we see it from our side, because there's yeah. a purpose, there's a vision. Speaking of the halls of the Scandalaris Center, um, the, yesterday for us, two days ago for the listeners here, if you're listening on Monday, was what Michigan State called their Junior Day event. Um, basically, sounds like hosted a bunch of great 2023 were there any 20 no it would have been 23 guys because right, it's junior day junior day yeah. uh yeah that makes sense and just did basically a i don't know glorified recruiting visit tours went to a basketball game meetings a things pretty like that. pretty rough basketball game to be at but. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we we didn't touch on we didn't do our football guys talk basketball segment today for a reason yeah. um but Hosted a bunch of kids. Not a whole lot came out of that other than, you know, your typical recruiting pictures. You know, they dressed them up in the uniform, did their photo shoots and everything. But some serious talent here. And it's kind of giving a taste in the first wave of players that we're trying to attract in the 2023 class. And by and large, it looks like a step up. Like we expected, there's a whole lot of four stars in the pipeline right now. Mel Tucker's personally recruiting five stars in this class. Um, it's, I think, going to get really interesting starting this class. I think we could we could see – I think we could see the best class in Michigan State history in 2023. I don't think that's a reach. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're working on it now. So this junior day, Kevin, did you draw anything from it? Yeah, just trying to follow some of the names that were there. A couple that stuck out, four-star offensive lineman Cole Dellinger out of Clarkston. Um, obviously, local guy. You figure we have a good shot with him. Uh, the Another one that was a pretty high profile for the last month or so with MSU is Kedrick Riscano, uh, running back, four-star running back from Texas. He was there as well. Uh, but if, if you're, you know, one of those recruiting diehards, you know, just follow along on, on 24 seven rivals, wherever you're getting your information, because coming out of that junior day, you're going to see a lot there. I've already seen a few coming down through Twitter, through the message boards that there were a handful of offers given out, you know, it's, it's a glorified recruiting visit, but it is a good chance to meet face to face and officially give that offer from you know from the head coach's mouth it's it's a pretty good opportunity rather than just a phone call or something so there were a few offers that were thrown out there there's a chance you might get a few commitments here now that you know some of these guys were on campus so just keep an eye out on it um but it is something that um it's always exciting every program does it it's not something you know specific to msu but this was our time um for it i know actually i just saw that penn state had theirs on the same day and I always wonder, like, from, you know, your fill-in-the-blank random four-star player from Ohio that, you know, is getting recruited by both schools. Like, I wonder how much of a full-court press coaches are getting in to make sure they're 
you know, getting you to our junior day instead of their junior day. Like it, the recruiting world is, is a just bananas, crazy place to live in. It would be so exhausting to be <laughs> recruiting in college football, especially at the top. What an exhausting venture. Like we see it, we commend it all the time you know, the Michigan state staff and how committed they are. But just think about that. Like traditionally, you know, football coaching, you do the recruiting, most of it in the off season, then you got your season. It's just a full-time job year round at this point. Did you, do you remember this was probably like week eight, week nine, uh, now former Florida head coach, Dan Mullen, they were asking him, I think they just lost to Georgia and they were asking him about recruiting and the difference between the Florida talent and the Georgia talent. And, you know, does he have to hit the trail harder to get the recruits that Georgia has or something? And his answer was pretty simple. Like, Hey, we'll talk about recruiting during recruiting season. He got blasted by everybody, local, national, regional media, because of what you just said, like recruiting, it's not just, you know, uh, in the off season thing, it's full year, you're communicating with 16, 17 year old kids. And, you know, it's funny, like we were talking about before the episode about Jim Harbaugh and, uh, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's the general idea of like when a college, when a great college coach is seemingly in a great position, has, has his program rolling, bringing in good recruits, winning games, And there's the NFL chatter that comes up and there's always the like, well, why would you go to the NFL? Like you've got it made, you've got this program, everything's rolling. It's like, well, in the NFL, you don't have to recruit 16 year olds. And when your season finishes, you're in off season. There's no recruiting. There's yeah. You got to worry about the draft and stuff, but like thinking about the full 365 day calendar for an NFL head coach compared to a college head coach, like, there's a lot that you have to deal with on the college side that I, I, I wouldn't love to do myself. So I, I can imagine after a few years of it, it would get super exhausting. Yeah. You wonder why a guy like D'Antonio, you know, looks so much younger after yeah. <laughs> hanging it up. Uh, I mean, you could, I, I think he acknowledged like even that the recruiting... Look at him. He looks so much better. Yeah, I think he acknowledged the recruiting trail was one of the hardest parts. And maybe maybe I'm making that up, but um, it's got to be. Um, but yeah, a little bit more news here. Um, Anthony Rousseau, name we don't hear a whole lot of these days. He played in something called the Tropical Bowl, which you also don't hear much about these days, <laughs> down in Orlando. Uh, it's kind of a mismatch of anywhere from Power 5 guys all the way down to I don't know, universities I've never heard of, Northwest Missouri State. But I think just kind of a showcase, try to get maybe some NFL scouts' eyes on him. And he actually went out and won the MVP award for the game. So great for him. Uh, I didn't – maybe there's some highlights I got to find out there, but did see that he won the MVP award. Jacob Panashuk also played in this game. Um, So great job to to Mr. Rousseau. Yeah, there there are seemingly more and more of these um, postseason all-star game type of events every year. Uh, the Senior Bowl is obviously the biggest one, and uh, I know Connor Hayward is going to the Senior Bowl. Uh, there's the East-West Shrine Bowl, which is also a pretty high-profile one. Uh, but there's a couple of these that, hey, you know, you're doing everything you can 
to continue and further your football career. And so Anthony Rousseau, a guy that, you know, he was a, what, three and a half year starter at Temple, played pretty well for stretches, has the big frame, has the big arm. And, you know, just unfortunately, you could argue that he chose the wrong school. You know, he wanted to transfer somewhere he could play, play for a high profile team. Well, transferred to a high profile team, but unfortunately didn't play. And uh, this is his best shot to to find a way onto uh, an NFL radar. Um, according to their website, over 350 Tropical Bowl alumni have gone on to the NFL since its inception in 2016. So it's not a total throwaway game. There are NFL players competing in this thing. So hopefully Anthony Rousseau, Jacob Panishuk are, are guys who are clearly just you know, they love the game of football, doing everything they can to continue it. So um, not the most high profile of games, no, but, you know, I give them credit for for doing everything they can to get on a field. Yeah, so um, speaking of getting on the field, Kevin, guess how many days until Michigan State kicks off against Western oh Michigan? Uh, I'd probably around like 188. According to Google, 230. Eh, um, about a but month and a half off. <laughs> the reason we bring that up is because this isn't super new news for those listening, but we have a schedule for next season, a Big Ten schedule to be specific. We had the uh, non-conference schedule that didn't change, opening against Western Michigan on September 3rd, that Labor Day weekend it looks like Saturday. They're not going to do the Friday night game. They sometimes do. So it'll be on Saturday in East Lansing week later, Akron comes to town week later, the big off season or the big non-conference game of the year, traveling all the way out to Seattle to one of the coolest venues, I think in the country Mm -hmm. to play the Washington Huskies who at the beginning of well, preseason 2021, this game looked kind of tasty after what we saw from them, this previous season, it looks more winnable if you're looking yeah. <laughs> for a positive, not as high profile of a game, but certainly looks more winnable. So um, before, we coach, get, before we get into the Big Ten schedule, Kevin, any thoughts on those three games? So I'm trying to find real quick. I'm just curious because I didn't think about this uh, until right now. Uh, I wonder who. So Washington before they play Michigan state, they will have played Kent state and Portland state both at home. So we're both basically have two tune up games before this matchup. Um, yeah, before the, the, you know, our schedule comes out, there was a couple kind of notable, uh, general big 10 thoughts, Ohio state, Notre Dame. That'll be a fun matchup just to, in, in general, I mean, two huge programs going at it. Uh, Penn State Auburn part two this one at Auburn you have Nebraska and Northwestern being played in Dublin Ireland (laughs) I know for a fact that American football not the most international of sports and university level in American football definitely not the most international of sports and on top of that, you're throwing Northwestern and Nebraska. Like I don't, 
I don't know if we're trying to expand the game or, or whatever the, the motive is here, but if, if that's really what you're trying to do, at least give them, you know, I'm not even asking for Ohio state, Alabama, at least give them like, I don't know, Penn state and like Florida state or something like, hear me I, out, I don't know. hear me out. <laughs> Penn state. And well, I think Notre Dame, if you're going to Ireland, yeah. Well, take yeah. Notre Dame over you there to, right. Notre Dame and like Boston College. Notre Dame has an official, an official partnership with Guinness as like Guinness is the official beer of Notre Dame football. I know that for a fact. So how did they not get in on this? Right. I mean, like, the, it, especially because it's a conference game, right? Because this isn't one of those weird situations <laughs> where it's like two conference teams scheduled a non-conference game. Like this is their conference matchup. So it was probably a big 10 initiative more than anything. Well, Illinois was, so this was supposed to happen in 2020 and it got canceled because of COVID. Cause I know Illinois was supposed to go and play Northwestern, I think. Uh, And then COVID or whatever. And and now it's rescheduled to now different teams and, and Northwestern Nebraska, but. Maybe like just Pat Fitzgerald's Irish and Scott Frost. So they decided to go back to their roots. I don't know it just seems uh, really weird like why like what's the interest level in dublin for big 10 football <laughs> it's just yeah i i will say though now that i'm thinking this through ireland more of a rugby sport and so maybe they're not looking for two high flying offenses they're looking for good two yards and a cloud of dust kind of teams and so <laughs> maybe there's an angle there that they will appreciate this this big 10 west football more than even the american crowd i don't know sounds like but... <laughs> a great place for scott frost to get his first loss of the year his first one possession yeah. loss of the year so yeah those are that's one uh week zero matchup the other big 10 week zero matchup is illinois wyoming uh, but I don't know. Other than that, you know, I was trying to find some interesting non-conference Nebraska plays Oklahoma again, and they're, you know, newly annual beat down, uh, Purdue, Penn state and Indiana, Illinois are the only two big 10 week one games. Um, nothing else really standing out though. Not a whole lot of high profile games other than Penn state, Auburn, uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and uh, Michigan State, Washington. Michigan plays their typical cupcake schedule of Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. I if you there's 130 FBS teams, I would assume that all three of those programs are below 110. So Michigan's going to come out of September with you know their their classic four and zero combined score of 162 to 12 top 12 in the country jj mccarthy heisman list just prepare yourself for that i know we're nine months away but their schedule especially for the first four games is an absolute joke but um you know it's a yearly tradition so that september 3rd matchup with western michigan uh maybe the debut of stone hollenbach who is a backup (laughs) backup backup alabama quarterback who is transferring to western michigan i don't know this guy's background i don't know if he's even good enough to be western michigan's starter but if he is we get to play stone hollenbach in his college debut and you know the best part about that 
is he's got a mullet. He's, he does. He's rocking full kind of like he's kind of um. How should I put this? Um, he is a little bit. Uh, he looks like he sits on the bench a lot, a little bit. You know what I mean? And yeah. then he's got the mullet to rock Back it too. I hat. think he might be more of an energy guy. Uh, but yeah. anyway, he's a, he's a backwards hat and a clipboard kind of guy. Yeah. He just, he's got yeah, that. Maybe vibe. even a headset. <laughs> um, but the Big Ten schedule will kick off the week after September 17th. Um, so coming back from Washington, no break straight into a home game against Minnesota. So we open against the fighting PJ flex uh, in the big 10 home opener. And then the last game of what I look at is kind of the first third. It's not an even third, but a road trip to Maryland. Um, So that'll be the fifth game. Those first five, if you ask me right now are certainly all winnable. I, I don't know if we'll be a favorite against Washington. it's a little bit to it'll kind be of a close line still. traveling across the country you know but if you are mel tucker and company you feel like hey we should win all five of these games like if we are who we want to be again this year we should be coming out of these first five undefeated yeah minnesota at home uh is is big i think minnesota road game you know that might be one where a two-point underdog or something they're probably pretty similar teams to be honest going into next year um but yeah, I, I I like that first five. Like you said, really good chance of starting off five and zero before a buzzsaw kind of middle of the schedule here, back to back, both at home, back to back, Ohio State, Wisconsin before a bye week, and that's okay. So you you kind of broke down that first five. If we look at that as the first seven heading into the bye week. Five and two, I think, is is a great result because I do think, okay, you're going at Washington and Minnesota at home. I think those are definitely, definitely very winnable games, but they're not, you know, chalk it up as a win the way at Western Michigan is. So if you win all of those and you lose to Ohio State and Wisconsin, I think that's okay. Uh, if you manage to beat either Ohio State or Wisconsin and you get through the rest of that with only one other loss, I think that's perfectly acceptable. So I think five and two going into the bye week is a very good result for this team. Yeah, I think that's the realistic target. But what we learned last year is this team's going to have its sights on seven and oh, they might be six and one. Anything four and three and under, you're going to get a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth, I think. But I do want to remind our fan base, at least from my perspective, that there is a pretty decent chance of not a full letdown year, not like 2015 to 2016, but like a seven, eight, nine win team, not a 10, 11, 12 win team. I'm not saying that's impossible, but there are a lot of pieces that need to fall into place and they've got a year and a half of tape on us. Now Um, it's, it's going to be, it's hard to put back to back great seasons together. Um, And we lost, one of the top five players in the country. Right. I was just going to say, if you were about to, if you're listening here and you are about to put a bet with your Michigan fan or with your, you know, Ohio state fan friend, your non-Michigan state fan friend, and you're putting down your money on, Hey, Michigan state's going to win 10 games this year. I'm not saying don't make the bet, 
I'm just saying before you do, take five minutes, YouTube search Kenneth Walker highlights, and then make the bet if you're still comfortable because you're going to watch that and be like, oh, Jesus, he was so good. We're not going to have him. (laughs) Watch his highlights and then watch the condensed game of the Peach Bowl. Right. I say the condensed game because the running plays from that game are not on any highlight tape. So yeah. I'm not watch, saying don't make the bet. If watch you're him, comfortable, do it. But watch what our just, offense looks yeah. like without him. Remember, we have to replace some offensive linemen and then make your decision. Um, nonetheless, All of that said, you know, we'll, we'll talk about our revisiting our pre preseason predictions from this year. We audibly laughed at people for saying that this team was going to win 10 games so hey what do we know go put down that bet for 10 wins again next year but just just watch those highlights first and and then make your decision so i mentioned the first five games was my first third of the season my second third is ohio state wisconsin the bye week at Michigan dual by week Michigan and Michigan state both with the buy stay off of social media yeah that's going to be messy messy um especially if both teams are doing well let's look up Michigan's schedule here they Uh, I have the full thing pulled up here so Michigan will be Colorado State Hawaii Yukon Maryland all at home and then at Iowa at Indiana home Penn State before the buy very possible they could have three losses or be undefeated with that schedule depends how Iowa is depends how Penn State is I would guess I would be surprised if they have more than two losses just because I mean there's four and a half games that you have no business losing with those three non-conference Maryland at home and Indiana on the road but Indiana is a flaming pile of garbage right now with with what happened this year plenty of time for the hype train to get rolling early season for them as it always does this i mean really if if you guys are you know listening and trying to picture it in your head you know just if we're talking too quick whatever just pull up the michigan schedule and knowing what you know about the yearly michigan hype train just look at those first four games and envision the headlines envision the the Heisman Trophy contender lists because it's all right there and all that without the looming caveat that they'll probably lose to Ohio State because maybe they probably will but they won't think so yeah. anymore so and and the, the world is blue, their oyster yeah the Michigan blue wall media won't have to dance around that anymore you know the in past years they've gotten all of the hype videos and the hype articles out but they've just kind of had to nimbly dance around the ohio state issue now they can confidently take that on and hey we did it last year when nobody expected us to we're backs were against the wall and this jim harbaugh team is the one that's going to do it uh in ohio state in columbus you know that i can see the headlines from a mile away think about this narrative kevin think about how easy it would be to fall into this michigan made the playoff this year on the back of Cade McNamara with JJ McCarthy sitting on the bench. (laughs) All you have to do is just make one little substitution. Well, if JJ McCarthy's starting this season and we basically have the same team, why can't we win the national championship? (laughs) There it is. You're going to hear it a million times. I saw Michigan Twitter, you know, live tweeting the Ohio or the, uh, the Georgia Alabama national championship game saying, you know, if we had just made the switch to JJ in the first quarter, 
you know, we would be playing for this. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, man. I can't well, do if it we anymore. made the switch for Buckeye killer Tyler O'Connor in the college football playoff, then who knows what would imagine, happen. Imagine the possibilities. So we come through those, what is that now, eight games, right? You've got Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan all back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, with the bye in there. With the bye in there. And then you get a little relief. So at Illinois, a lot of relief, <laughs> a lot of relief at Illinois, home against Rutgers, home against Indiana, who by then their season will have fallen apart. They, they love to do that, you know, five and oh, six and oh, start and then like scrape by to get into a bowl. Um, and then at Penn State, which I'm excited about because I'll probably be there. My brother lives in State College, uh, my brother and his wife. And we'll probably be there for that game, which I always like to make it to one. I'm on the East Coast, so I went to Rutgers this season. I will hopefully be at Penn State next season, maybe do a little tailgate, uh, find a couple parking spots. They have a pretty cool tailgating scene. So um, if you're going to make the cold trek to the middle of Pennsylvania in late November, let me know, and we'll set something up. Yeah, so I think that you know the, the positive thing going into that game, just looking at it, is – you know, the last tough game on the schedule, but you have three kind of tune-ups, two of them at home leading into it with Illinois, Rutgers, and Indiana. Uh, the thing is, though, you look at Penn State's schedule, they have Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers leading into Michigan State. So it's it's kind of a similar situation with both of us. Um, in what is, you know, typically a, a big game for both teams, it seems like not every year, but almost every year we play in that final game against Penn State in rivalry week. And for one of the teams, if not both of the teams, there's something on the line, whether it's this is the game that that confirms a, a Big Ten East championship or gets you into 10 wins in the New Year's six or gets you, you know, the, there's always something on the line for at least one, if not both of these teams by then. Um, and I'm interested to see what those stakes are come this year. So if they keep this game in this slot, right, rivalry week, we have a trophy. A lot of jokes are made about the trophy, but it's a trophy game. It's technically a rivalry, but it doesn't, to, it doesn't really, to me, feel like a rivalry um, other than just they're generally another good team in our division that we play every year. I don't know if you feel the same way, but if you do, what do you think it would take to make Michigan State, Penn State, have like a real rivalry atmosphere the week of like five years from now, how could we, would you want it to turn into a rivalry first of all? And if you do kind of what kind of games, what kind of environment would it take? I think you have to look at like Ohio state Penn state and it's just, there was no natural rivalry there. There's not even a trophy but they played in a stretch of years. They played so many impactful games that were close that it just kind of naturally developed. So I, I think that's, you just have to keep playing high stakes football games. And, you know, eventually that, that hate will come because that's the team that ruined our season last year. We're going to ruin it for them this year. Like you just kind of have to have that because like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a trophy game, but I've been to, I don't know, probably five or six of these Michigan state Penn state games. And whether it's, you know, because of the timing on the schedule where it's a lot of times it's Thanksgiving weekend and stuff, but 
the same time is on the schedule for Michigan, Ohio state. And obviously I'm not going to ever compare Michigan state, Penn state to Michigan, Ohio state. I, I know the, the rivalry is, is, is very strong there, but like Thanksgiving doesn't matter when it's a real rivalry game. I mean, imagine if we put Michigan, Michigan state on Thanksgiving, it doesn't matter. Like people will show up, the stadium will be packed. It'll be 500 bucks to get into the game. Um, you just keep playing high stakes games and eventually it'll kind of naturally develop. Cause I mean, like you said, it's, it doesn't have that true feeling, even though I don't know it's hard because we have played a lot of pretty high stakes games. Um, I don't but know until man, recently, it, they weren't always in that, that last game of the year spot. So when right. it's your second big 10 game, you don't even know what the stakes are at that point. Um, when you played last and you, even if it's simple, like we got to win this to make a bowl. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, wouldn't have as many stakes, but we, I think one thing, all it would take is one game at the end of the year where the winner goes to Indy. Yeah. Where it's just do or die both teams. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you look at, was it 2017, 2018, where we got up there, one was the Felton Davis catch at Penn State. The one was the the field goal after like the four hour delay or whatever it was at home. But both of those ended up being games that basically kept Penn State out of Indy. I'm pretty sure, uh, if not it, at at least one of them. Uh, but maybe there is something to that, like you said, it where it was kind of in the middle of the schedule and it you weren't really sure down the line how it would impact everything. Yeah, put um, those games. I mean, imagine the same scenario, but yeah. it happened the last week of the year. Um, I think, regardless, I think the Big Ten should establish a l- last game of the year pairings for the whole conference. I love playing the last team every, I mean, Rutgers and Maryland. Just let them take <laughs> let each them duke other it out on, you for know? seventh in the East every year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's great to to have that. Um, you kind of match them up. Obviously, Michigan, Ohio State, um, Indiana, Purdue. You have their in-state game. You have Wisconsin, Minnesota playing for the Axe. You have yeah. Northwestern, Illinois in-state game. Um, because at, at minimum, you have something other than it's just another game. It's just the last game. It's just a cold game. You have like, well, this is the battle for whatever trophy. And then on good years, plus there's some stakes, bowl games, playoff, not necessarily playoff bids, but indie bids, you know, and, and just I, I love, I think, pressuring the, everyone's season to kind of culminate in some kind of rivalry game, something that has a little bit more than just a coin flip scheduling. Um, I love the idea. So hopefully they stick with that. I also wouldn't mind if they realigned the conferences for the record and we weren't in the same one as Penn state, but as long as we are, give me that game Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. I mean that you mentioned it, it, that's realistically for the people who don't talk about it. It's that elephant in the room. Like, we all kind of know what the ultimate best case scenario would be. Problem is it's just, it's finding the best way to do it. Cause you know, the, the easiest in theory on paper is just to flip Penn state and you have Michigan, Michigan state, Ohio state. And then you have, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn state. And I think that that makes it a lot more even you preserve all of the rivalries because Penn state doesn't really have any rivalries um, just because they're, they're one of the newer they teams brag in about the big that 10. Fact. And, right. 
So, I mean, that's, that's what makes the most sense, but then you look at it on a map and it makes zero sense. So it's like, you know, yeah, let's take the, what third most Eastern team in the big 10 and move them to the West division. It's like when the red wings were playing in the Western conference for like my whole childhood and you have to stay up until 1am to watch us play the sharks on Tuesday night. Like it just made no sense. <laughs> now the big 10 is a lot more condensed in the, the map. But uh, it, it, it would just be one of those things where it's okay. The, in terms of balance of power, this makes a lot more sense. But geographically, really, we're going to move Penn State to the West. That's our solve here <laughs> for our so, academic institutions. That's what we're doing. So for now, we will finish our seasons against Penn State. Um, so we look at the schedule, right? We've got the first five games, first seven games you said you at least want to be five and two which is reasonable you got ohio state and wisconsin in there second half you've got michigan illinois rutgers indiana penn state michigan and penn state obviously the headliners so you've got uh, let's see penn state michigan wisconsin ohio state are all i would call them yikes games like it's it's going to take a good game to win that game right and you've got a couple with minnesota wisconsin uh, washington and maybe like an Indiana, depending on how they, they pan out, maybe one more team where it's like feel pretty good, but there's a good team on the other side of the ball. And then you've got Western Akron, Illinois Rutgers, basically the four games in Maryland, five games who you absolutely want to beat. So you're looking at like, I don't know, bowl eligible should be absolutely mm -hmm. the floor, uh, the floor. Um, even seven wins. But Kevin, looking at this, whether you want to do just your your first way too early, <laughs> don't hold my feet to the fire, like season yeah, record I mean, prediction. What do you? We think? don't even know what the roster will look like and everything. I'm going to make know, you do transfers, it uh, everything that are still coming in. But if I have to, um, I'll go Western Michigan win, Akron win, Washington win. Minnesota win four and zero. Maryland win five and zero. Ohio State loss five and one. Wisconsin at home. I'll I'll put that as a loss going into the bye. You're kind of beat up. It's a super physical team. Uh, bye week. Michigan on the road win. Illinois on the road win, Rutgers, Indiana wins, and Penn State. Mm, I mm, I don't even know if, what they have coming back. I, Sean Clifford. I know Jahan Dotson's gone. I know a lot of their defense is gone. Um, but in Happy Valley, I'll tentatively put that a loss to give a, a nine and three. All right. Um, since I have to now, but ag made you. just again, to clarify before anybody like snips this audio, like I don't even know what our final roster will look like. I haven't done any research on any of the other big 10 teams on who's leaving, who's staying. So I also like the five and O start um, five and O going into Ohio state would probably be a top 10 matchup. I mean, we're going to be, probably in the teens i'd think at preseason ranking um finished what where were we nine in the ap and eight in the coaches poll yeah. in the final rankings 
um, returning a lot, I think. So we'll probably be mid-teens to start the year. And if we're 5-0 and going into Ohio State, top 10 matchup, um, I'll take a loss there, even though it's at home. We saw what happened last year. I'm not going to put my chips in there in that game. Uh, yeah, Ohio State has Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson leaving from their receiving core, which leaves them only Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. and, and company. <laughs> and everybody else you could possibly yeah. need. Quinn Ewers will be in the quarterback room. Now. No, he transferred. Oh, what am yeah, I saying? He's going to Texas. Yeah. Um, so five and one through the first half. Wisconsin, I'm, I'll call it a win. I think you come off Ohio State, you refocus, you're playing at home. Um, they're not a great passing team. So if we carry some of the demons of last year, maybe it plays into our favor. It would be a good matchup. In it would be a good matchup. I'll give them the win, six and one, heading into the Michigan game. I'm going to say win because the last thing I want to do is predict a loss and then be wrong. Um, well, it'd be better. It'd be better than predicting a win and being wrong. But I'll say win, seven and one, eight and one Illinois, nine and one Rutgers, ten and one Indiana. I don't know anything about Penn state. Like you said, I haven't done any research. I don't, I know know that like they had a lot of really good senior defensive players and I know Jahan Dotson's gone and Sean Clifford's coming back, which can be a plus depending on which version you get, what he has for breakfast. (laughs) That's like Um, a plus question mark. (laughs) So, and we play well in happy Valley. It's late season. So I don't think it's going to be their best fan turnout either. Uh, Give me MSU 11 and one. All right. Let's Early do it. <laughs> season. Don't hold my feet to the fire. Last season, I wanted to say nine and three, and I ended up saying like seven and five, and we went 10 and two. So give me 11 and one MSU lost to Ohio State. You might have the demon love triangle at the top Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio <laughs> State all beating each other. Um, but that would mean Michigan takes Ohio State, which I don't think would happen, uh, which would mean probably Ohio State to Indy, but it's January. It's not, I was going to say March. It's not even February. Yeah, we're we're mid January. <laughs> so there you have it. 11 and one. What'd you say? Nine and three, nine and three. Yeah. We'll revisit this uh, preseason. Our final preseason predictions will come out the week before the season starts. Um, so maybe in if approximately we remember, eight months, <laughs> if we remember, we'll do a callback to this and see what's changed, but yeah, there you I might, it, you know, Kevin. now that I say that I'll, I'll, think about doing like a monthly Twitter poll of just like the options of 11 plus nine and just kind of see where the vibes are at month to month yeah. and how it changes. So I'd be curious about that. So there you go. Decent schedule. Um, some winnable games, some hard games at home, Ohio state and Wisconsin, both being at home is huge Michigan on the road. I mean, it's a rivalry game and we've beaten them in the big house in the library. Plenty of times before. Um, and then that Penn state game, I don't know. It's a typical MSU schedule, but I think the non-conference is all very winnable. Having a, a road power five win uh, in the non-conference would be big. Even if it's not a you know top 25 team, it's still going on the road against and power it's a high five prof- team. It's a high profile program, right? It's not yeah. just a power five, like Vanderbilt or Washington state. Like it's, it's Washington. They've won national titles there in, in, you know, the last, 40 years or something so <laughs> yeah so i like it i think it's going to be another fun season um i'll be at penn state hopefully there will be some stakes and a little bit of warmth we'll see it's thanksgiving weekend but nonetheless ohio state early in the year i do want to make one last note 
I think the earlier you can get the best team on your schedule, the better, yep. because there's Always. still a chance they've got holes in their game that they haven't patched up. Um, Ask so, Oregon if they would have rather played Ohio State in week <laughs> two or week 10, you know? Yeah. So it's week six. It's not week two or anything, but it's also not week 11. So we will rip that Band-Aid off halfway through the year. Um, but that's the schedule, Kevin. Anything else we uh, we should cover? That about does it. We got to the the new coaches. Well, one new coach, one old coach coming back in Ephraim Reed, the running backs coach. We've got, uh, like I said, you know, just keep an eye on the recruiting stuff. If you love recruiting, if you enjoy recruiting, there's probably going to be some some new offers, maybe some new commitments coming here soon. Uh, after the junior day but yeah other than that like I said you know we'll be we'll be once a week here until spring practice so kind of set your calendars every Monday morning you'll get a podcast in the feed we'll hit on all the news on all of the recruiting stuff if for some reason some like huge news breaks you know we get a five star we get you know some huge transfer maybe we'll do like an emergency pod midweek you know but barring any crazy news uh once a week here so uh we have a lot of off-season stuff but as always you know if you guys have show ideas if there's something you want us to talk about um you know last off-season if you if you remember you can always go back I mean not a lot of it's time sensitive we did like a draft of the the best players of the decade you know like fun off-season stuff if there's anything you guys want us to do if you want to get involved feel free to let us know we're open to any ideas um but yeah follow us on social media the links are in the show notes and uh tell your friends so anything else spotify ratings uh, i know we've pushed this we've got like 17 if you're one of them thank you it's super easy we know about a quarter of our listeners are on spotify um so all you have to do is just go onto our page on Spotify, click the little star under our icon, give us however many stars you think we deserve. Hopefully it's five, but you can be honest. Um, that's super easy. If you're feeling up for it, give us an Apple, at least an Apple rating, kind of same system, but we'd love an Apple review. It does great things mm-hmm. for us. And we love to hear from you. We had a couple of reviews on there. I was reading through just talking about kind of how, it's nice to have a connection to the Michigan state program through our podcast. It felt really great to hear that. That's kind of our connection to the Michigan state program too. One of the reasons that we started this podcast was because we were talking about Michigan state football so much already. We decided we'd just start recording it. So um, let us know what you think of the show on Apple. um, And we're going to incorporate some reviewing and some rating giveaways this off season and we'll do some callbacks to what's already there so get in early and uh, keep an ear out for that all right so with that said uh let's go watch some football uh there's plenty of stuff on and i'm very excited for this nfl wild card weekend so hope you guys enjoyed it if you are nfl fans if not well there's other stuff on tv and ways to entertain yourself so uh until next week We will talk to you soon. Follow, share, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Go green. Go white. Take care, folks.